Thanks, Matt. Well, how's everyone doing? We got a tent for us, and we got heaters for you, and neither one of us are perfect. We're a little dry, and you're a little cold, but we hope you're okay. Well, today is an incredible day, and we, we thank you for coming out tonight, today. Uh, we had a service here last night, and we want to say hello to a special person listening. Every year at Christmas, a young man by the name of Court Thompson comes to this church. He is a soldier. Now he is embedded in southeastern Afghanistan in a deep and secret area that we can't reveal. But he has listening. He is listening today to this very podcast. And what we'd like to do is say, God loves you and so do we. And so are we ready, Tony, for that? Can we record that? Okay, thumbs up. One, two, three. God loves you and so do we. We could probably do better than that. All right, let's do that again, Tony. All right, okay, ready? One, two, three. God Awesome. I got that woo in there too. That's good. He'll love that. So there was a pastor who was doing that with the church and he'd done like four services like we just did. And, and uh, the pastor said, now say God leaves you and so do we. And uh, they all turned to one another and they went home. So please don't go home right now. But what I want to do in the time that we have left, and if you're trying to monitor how much energy you have, the warmth you have left in your body, our service is almost over. But before we finish today, what I want to do is tell you about this cross right here. I want to tell you about this cross that's special to Highlands. And you may not know that this is the oldest piece of architecture in our whole church. Our church is only about six years old, and that's about six years old. It's older than our building, older than the theater. And I don't know if you know how that cross was built. But way before this church started, Star and I bought this house that needed, like, you know, so much renovation that the only thing that did need to be changed is airspace in the house and so we asked a guy named Norm Franklin. Are you here today, Norm? I asked a guy named Norm Franklin to come rip out our house and clean it out. And he did that. And I said at the end of that, I said, now, Norm, we have a worship service in one week. Could you put a cross together for us? And Norm, I thought he was going to put together something with two by fours, you know, and nails. And never forget when Norm comes around the corner with this on the back of a trailer with gold and all of that. And he said, uh, is this going to be all right, Graham? I said, yeah, Norm, I think that's probably going to do it. So thank you, Norm. So now you know how the cross was built, but you may not know how it got torn down. Is anyone familiar with that story of how the cross got torn down? About the second year of this church, we were still back in the movie theater, and the only thing here was the cross up on the hill. It's a big construction zone, and there were forklifts and stuff, and one night somebody jerry-rigged the forklift and drove it to the top of the hill, and he literally pushed down the cross, and it toppled down here. The news covered it, and maybe you heard of that. A lot of people know us as the church that had the cross knocked down. That's what we kind of have our known. So you now know how the cross was built and how the cross got knocked down, but you may not know how it got put back up again. So early on, we didn't have as many volunteers as we have today. And uh, Jamie and I were trying to lift this cross. It was up on the hill. We couldn't do it, the two of us, my brother Jamie. And so Jamie said, I'm going over to Walmart, and I'm going to go into the hardware section, and I'm going to recruit 15 guys just like that to put up the cross. True story. So he went over there, and he recruited like 15 guys. Some of them had steel toe boots, and some of them had mohawks, and some of them had like black eyeshadow and stuff like that, but whatever, you know. They came on over, and they lifted the cross up. So that's how the cross was built, and that's how the cross got knocked down, and that's how the cross got lifted up again. But you probably don't know the fourth thing, and that's what we're going to talk about today, how somebody put graffiti on the cross. 
This is actually the first time we're telling people about this on Easter. A couple months ago, we came to work and you ever come home and you realize there's something kind of wrong and you can't figure out what it is? Well, somebody had come in the middle of the night and had sprayed graffiti right on the outside of that cross. They had taken a can of spray paint and put something ugly in their heart on the cross. And of the whole history of that cross, I will tell you that that was the thing that really discouraged us the most. I mean, how could somebody put something dark on the cross? How could somebody put something sinful on the cross? How could somebody put something so broken on that beautiful piece? So I've been brooding about that for about a week or so. And and that's my spiritual gift, by the way, brooding. That's what I do. So my wife says to me at the end of the week, you know, what is up with you? I said, I'm just so upset that somebody put something so sinful in their heart on the cross. And she paused for a minute and she said, yeah, that's just real awful, isn't it, Graham, when somebody puts something sinful on the cross? And then it kind of hit me. That's what that thing's for. That's the whole purpose for this. That's why you're here today. I mean, this cross is not just some architectural, beautiful design. It's not something that just marks a building that is a religious building. This cross, for us and for thousands of people through the years, the purpose is for us to be able to put our stuff on something that will change that. And that's why we're here. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And our prayer for you today is that today you would leave this place feeling freer than when you came. Also a little colder, but freer. That you would leave feeling lighter. uh, And you would leave feeling a sense of levity in your hearts. So let's talk about that quickly. And then we want to give you an opportunity not to graffiti the cross. We thought about giving spray paint to people, but that was too far. So we are giving you flowers. And I want to show you how this has worked for thousands of years. This is Luke 24, 1 through 8. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices. They took myrrh. It's the same gift that was given at Jesus' birth, and now it's being given at his death. They took myrrh to the tomb, and they found that the stone was rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of Jesus. While they were wondering about this, I love that word, wondering. Maybe that's what you're doing today. If you're wondering, God is about to work in your heart. That's what I've found. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified and on the third day raised again. Jesus has to die on a cross and we have to put our stuff on the cross. See, if Christ died on a cross and came back to life again, that would be a great God story. But it would only be half. If he did that without us, putting our graffiti on the cross, then it would be a waste. But when we put what is dark inside of our hearts on that, it's transformed into something beautiful. It goes from graffiti to daffodils. And then they remembered. They remembered his words. That's really what our faith is about. Wondering, 
and remembering in Jesus Christ. So a couple years ago, we had a chance to do a family reunion. My One side of my family is from Merced and the other is from Scotland. And they both had family reunions that year and we couldn't decide. Merced, Scotland, Merced, Scotland. And we went to Scotland. But before I went, I, the, the last thing I wanted to do was go on a long trip. I felt so burdened in my life. I had so many responsibilities. I just was weighed down. Maybe that's how you feel today. So the last thing I wanted to do was drive from Red Bluff down to San Francisco, San Francisco to Denver, Denver to Yakima, Yakima to Puyallup, Washington, Washington to Scotland. You know how the trips are today. But I took this long trip, and I woke up at 4 in the morning when I got there and still feeling this heavy stuff on my life. And so I went on a walk that morning at 4 a.m., walked through the grass, which is not so uh, different from the wetness of our grass today, and I walked up to a hill, and just then it was 6 in the morning, and the sun was coming up. And I had a prayer right there on the hill. Lord, would you just change my heart? Would you just take the burdens of my heart? Would you just put them on the cross? Would you do that? And I lifted my eyes, and I felt this freedom in my life. In fact, I wanted to yell that, freedom! But... I knew that some Scots would be like, yeah, we got another one. Another William Wallace want to be here. Good enough. So, but what we want you to feel today is a sense of freedom. So we're going to just walk with you through that process. And at the end of the worship, we're going to offer a prayer and ask you to say it with us if you want. And then put your daffodil on the cross. So everybody has something that needs to be put on the cross. Everybody has something. I don't know if you ever read that Calvin and Hobbes cartoon strip i read it on the way to church in the morning it's probably why i have such bad jokes but calvin and hobbs are there and calvin says to hobbs i just feel bad about all the meanness i've been saying to Susie." hobbs says maybe you should apologize to Susie." calvin says yeah i i've been thinking about that i'm just hoping there's a more obvious solution than that but that's our lives isn't it we just hope there's a more obvious solution than putting our stuff up there We hope that there's some other way that we could just be freed in our hearts. But there isn't. And some people wait their whole lives for this. I was reading in the paper this last week. You might have read that article about the guy from Rhode Island who is 60 some odd years old. And he walked into a courtroom this last week and he confessed to a minor traffic violation he'd committed in his 20s. 1974, September, he committed... When he was 23, a traffic violation, and he's been evading the law ever since. So through 1970s, he had this on his heart. Through the 80s, he had this on his heart. Through the 90s, it was still on his heart. Through the 2000s, and now 2011, he goes before a court, and he goes before a judge, and he says, I did this thing back in 1974. Judge looks on the paper, and he doesn't see anything. They didn't have the records from minor traffic violations. He says, all right, I don't see it on here. Go and be free. The guy says, I wish I'd have done that 40 years ago. For 40 years, I've been carrying that on my heart. Sometimes people carry stuff on their heart that's just not true. True story, there's a guy, Jack Germont, in his 80s. And he is a local hero in a small town. Every year, he gets to walk at the front of the Veterans Day Parade. Because, he said, he served in Korea. He has a purple heart, and he has a medal of honor, and he has all these awards. 
Problem is, Jack never went to Korea. For years, he's been walking to the front of the parade. And every year, it gets bigger, and they put him on the front of the paper, and he's right there saluting with all the rest of them. But Jack said recently that has been weighing on his heart so much that he can't take it anymore. So he went public, and he told the paper. He said, I did not go to Korea. I, I've been lying about my medals. I'm sorry. And you'd think that he would feel just awful after that. But Jack says, I feel a sense of freedom in my life that I have never felt before. So there is no other obvious solution. We can put it in ourselves. We can put it on other people or we can put it on the cross. Maybe the thing that you need to put on the cross today is not something you've done, but something that someone's done to you. So that's number one. All of us has something to put up there. Number two is this. The transformative, good word, the transforming power of our stuff is God's love. It's God's complete love in our hearts. Many of you know that I'm a father to a two and a half, three-year-old little girl named Haley. And I got to tell you, that's the best job of my life. I just love being a dad. And I think she likes being a daughter. But I just love, every night, I love going in and telling her a story and, and then giving her a kiss and then giving her a hug and then tucking her in and saying, I love you. It's just my favorite thing to do. The other day, though, just she said to me, I was about to give her a kiss and she wanted to tell me something real big. I could tell her. She said, Daddy, she's going to be a preacher someday, I think. Daddy, can I give you three kisses? Yeah. I tell you, it felt so good to feel that love. And you have kids or you have family or you have friends who love you like that. But I will tell you that nobody, nobody loves you as much as Jesus Christ does. There's nobody in this world that does. And you can just multiply the love that you feel in your life a hundred times. And that's what transforms that stuff in our lives. Now, there's a whole bunch of theories about how our graffiti gets transformed. It's called the blood theory, the covenantal blood. That's one theory. But I believe it's the love of Christ that does that. And I believe that the love of Christ is so powerful that people actually change through that. 1993, two 10-year-old boys in Great Britain were convicted of a terrible crime. It was such an awful crime that these 10-year-olds little boys did, and they tried to figure out how they did this, and they tried to get them to confess for it. And the cops tried to put the full nine yards on them. These little guys didn't, didn't do anything. They didn't say anything. Finally, the dad said this. I'm going to go and t- talk to him. And so the dad goes and talks to these kids. And he says, son... I don't care what you've done or what you're about to tell me, but I love you 100% no matter what you say. And finally, the little 10-year-old opened up and he said, Daddy, I did it. And he felt the freedom of God. So that's number two. It's the love of God that transforms our hearts. And the last thing is this. The reason we're here today, it's to hear the bagpipes, of course. The reason we're here today is to be with each other. But the real reason we're here today is because Christ coming back from the dead again means that all the stuff that we put on that cross gets transformed into something beautiful. 
happens again and again and again. So it's a true story about a guy named Bud who lives in this area, and he was having breakfast at the Templeton Steakhouse over there. He's with his friends, his farmer friends, and Bud's talking to his friends. says, we've got an anniversary coming up. I think I'll get her a card like I usually do. Friend said, you can't get her a card. You got to take her to the loading chute in Creston. Bud said, I'm not taking her to the loading chute. It's too expensive. I'm not going out there, Bud. You're going to the loading chute for your anniversary. So Bud decided to go to the loading chute. He got in the truck with his wife on that anniversary night. And his wife, who has been used to cards for many years now, was kind of surprised. But she wasn't surprised when he pulled up to his little field over there and he had to fix his cow on the way. So he gets out of the truck and slams the door and he goes through this muddy field that had been raining in the area for a long time. And he gets mud from head to foot, fixes his cow, gets back in the truck. He says, all right, now we're going to dinner. And she was like, oh, lovely. They go to dinner and they're sitting across from each other and the conversation is about as scintillating as it usually is. And uh, she says, well, bud, thanks for dinner. It's usually a card. He says, oh, I know, it's the little things. End of the dinner comes around, and the waiter brings a check. He's sitting there, and he goes down to get his checkbook out of his pocket. His checkbook's not there. He dropped it in the cow field earlier in the day, covered from mud from head to foot. He says, I don't have any money. <laughs> waiter says, don't you worry about it, bud. It's all paid for. Your friends paid it. Bud just realized right there that he really has fallen short. And he talked to his eyes. He said, I, I really haven't really been measuring up, have I? She said, I love you, Bud. That's what this happens when people come to the cross. They've got mud from head to foot. Their heart's not in it. They've only put half an effort into this thing. They come to the cross, and they don't have what it takes to pay for what they need. And a hand reaches down, and it says, I love you. And it's paid for. A lot of people have asked me through the years what that circle on the middle of the cross is about. The circle on the cross is a promise that whatever you put on that cross Whatever you put will be transformed into something beautiful through the power of Christ. So what we want to do is give you a chance to just have a prayer with God. And then walk up and put a daffodil on the cross as a symbol of that transformation. And then we invite you to go home and be blessed on this day. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Dear God, you are totally loving. And I humbly admit that I need your help, that I've wandered away from you, that I've sometimes sinned in my thoughts, in my words, things I've done. I've not always done what's right. And today I put all of this upon the cross and know that through your resurrection from the dead, you transform all of these things into something beautiful for you. In Jesus' name I pray. And all the people said...
Go and be free.